Welcome, everybody. This is The Real Deal with me, Larry Lawton and Ben. What's up? We have a great show today, everybody. You know, uh, th- we've been busy as heck, but, you know, we're going to talk about a few things. Just to let you know before you see, you know, you, 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 I don't tease you too long. I got a guy named John Torres. He is amazing. He's the engagement editor for Florida Today, but he has a podcast. If you haven't heard his podcast, it's called Host of Murder on the Space Coast. It is amazing. I know John for a lot of years. He's he, you know he's a reporter for the uh, uh, Florida Today, which is owned by the USA Today, which is the biggest paper in the in the country, and they own Florida Today, and they're all over the Space Coast, and uh, they cover the launch, they cover everything here in, in the Space Coast. But before I get started, I got a couple of things to tell you guys. First of all, if you haven't checked out all of our Patreon, all that kind of stuff, check out our merch, the book Gangster Redemption. I talked with a uh, Netflix official when I was up in New York. Things are popping. Things are really hitting. I actually went up there and I did a commercial for The Cigar. It's my own brand. Everybody knows it. It's called The Crooked Diamond. It is launching. It's a hard date. I am told Ben's here runs the cigar company. And let me tell you how big it is. First of all, we have people from all over the world. We're going to have celebrities smoking these cigars. Uh, I'm setting some things up. This is a launch for all over the world. I've been getting emails. Do we... Do we uh, uh, sell them in Europe and stuff like that. All over. All I don't over. care. I don't care if you're in Zimbabwe. No, absolutely. I'll get them to you. I'll I, send a carrier. The only one that probably right now is Russia. Russia? Yeah, I don't think I'll, we get it. I don't there. give a shit. Dude. If we can get in there, we fucking right. belong in the you, military. If you're in Russia and you order and your fucking check clears, I'll find a way to get you that cigar. I'll send it by tank. <laughs> you know, no, for real, everybody, the Crooked Diamond. I, I smoked. And we did a commercial up north in Fire Island with uh, some friends. And there was a, a guy who was a long time, he was 70, 74 years old, been smoking cigars his whole life. I gave him the Crooked Diamond. He goes, holy shit, this is a good fucking cigar. Hell yeah. It is, and it really is. This is not a joke. These these are not cheap cigars. They're 10, what, what are they, 1050? Yeah, 1050 would be the cheapest cigar. And in the pre-orders, it's only going to be boxes, guys, so no singles. Right, we're only selling boxes. We have a pre-order. Let me explain where to go. First of all, we have uh, the cro- uh, crookeddiamondcigar.com. No, the. No, cro- the. Right, yeah. crookeddiamondcigar.com. Check it out. We are doing what, what they call. Well, first of all, if you buy a box of cigars, you get a free T-shirt. I mean, we have that. Free limited T-shirt. We're not going to be printing that T-shirt any other time other than the pre-orders. It's the Crooked Diamond Cigar Club T-shirt. Oh, wow. So there's only going to be 500 of those made. And whoever has it is part of the Smokers Club, and it's done. And then we're going to do events down the line and all that kind exactly. of just for the club. Wow. That's great. I mean, I, I can't wait for that. We also have, uh, if you buy a box of cigars, you get 10 tickets free we and you know this is for free for everybody anyway i want to let everybody know you don't have to buy a box of cigars we are i am giving away a cruise for two a flight right in here to orlando a limousine ride from the orlando to the to port we're going to be going on a friday november 18th we leave come back on the 21st it's a party cruise all of my staff is going uh we from my son to ben's to my brother Jason's trying to work on a passport, so we are going to have this thing, uh, a party cruise, and it's free. If you're not 21, and if you live outside the country, we are giving you a MacBook Air uh, 2022, the M2 chip. The actual best computer on the market, you can, eat. and if you're I don't you know about it, it being the best computer on the market, don't, don't quote us on that. It's just it? the newest MacBook Air. The newest. Yeah. Okay, if you're an Apple guy, it's And it's the, a very it's good computer, and it, it's a two grand computer, it's, it's pretty 
pretty, God, pretty there fun. you go. So you can either take that or the cruise. We hope you come on the cruise. That's going to be all. Bl- and you're not getting a cheap room, an inside room. You get a balcony room and all that. I've talked bit. to some people about, you know, people are telling me. So I just kind of wanted to feel out what people have to say on Discord and stuff, whether or not they're going to take the laptop or they're going to come with us uh, on the cruise. So far, anybody that can go on the cruise is going on the cruise, and I love that. In fact, you know, uh, we had some people. I mentioned the former date in October, and we had a person on who watches the podcast. They actually bought tickets right away, and we're helping them out. We're getting the tickets trade for free. I'll cover the costs and everything else. So we are going to have a blast. Uh, We have a guy here, John Torres, and I'm going to get into John now. So first of all, make sure you go to thatbenz.com slash giveaway thatbenz.com slash which it costs nothing all you got to do is sign on be subscribed to both of our youtubes and sign up for our newsletter that's it you get an entry into our cruise giveaway if you buy a pre-ordered box of cigars you get 10 entries plus the one you're going to put on there so you're going to have 11 entries and i'll tell you this is not like Lottery odds. I'm, let's say there's a thousand people. You got pretty good odds yeah, if you do. The odds are pretty good, I think. Yeah. So it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to have and listen, people who know me. When I like to party, it's on. I don't give a fuck. You don't want to miss this. I don't give a fuck. It's going to be a <laughs> fucking crazy. Time. Listen, too many years in prison for me to give a fuck. They just have to have security. We better bring our own security. I'm thinking. I really am thinking. Bring our own security. Like yeah. I was going to bring Jason. Was going to be my security. Yeah. Well, we need Jason anyway. But when your security is is fucked up, and, and you know. Off to jail. Then what do we do? Then we nah, become our own the, security. We're, we're teasing Jason. He's owned the studio. You guys know him. He's with, with Ben's in the after uh, show to talk shit. We, it's called the talk shit after show. <laughs> That's what we have. Now, let me bring in my guest, everybody. Let's say I said, John Torres. He is the host of Murder on the Space Coast. That's how I know. I, I know John from years at the Florida today. I've been around here since I got out of prison in 2007 to help my mom well john is the host of that show now and it is a great great show john welcome to our show this is awesome i mean i actually feel like i've made it i'm on the real deal with larry lawton i mean what could be better than this you know john thank you but i'll tell you what you know you you've been in the media your whole life probably and you're a great writer you know i always love and you know i text you when i see a good story or something and it's not because it's just my uh ways of thinking because I'm, everybody knows I'm a libertarian. I'm fiscally conservative, but socially liberal. I don't give a fuck what you do in your own house. That's probably, as long as it's not against a child, not against or anything. And fiscally conservative, I don't want to give my money away to people who are lazy. You know, that's the only thing I have. I, I am so middle of the road, libertarian guy. And I think most people are. I, well, you know, it's really funny because um, I, I am. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm conservative, but like socially, I'm not, um, you know on the extreme right, you know, anti-woke, you know, people. I mean, I'm, I'm not for the woke, you know, culture, but yeah, I mean, look, I'm, I'm in the middle and, you know, fiscally I am conservative and, you know, I like my money. I don't want to give it away. But you don't care what I, people I do that. in their own house. No, I don't. I mean, I see you write. Right. You can tell it in your writing. Right. You know, you care about people who got, uh, you know, wrongly convicted. Yes. And we're going to get into a lot of this today. Well, and, you know, like, that's the thing, Larry. I have this reputation now, unfortunately, in Brevard County of being anti-police because I want innocent guys released from prison. Well, you I not. want bad guys put away. I you, do. I'm going to straighten this out to, the, to everybody who listens to this. I know John he, and me. Everybody, think, I am not even anti-police, and I was an ex-con. I am for good police. 
My my biggest thing is I'm a very community oriented policing guy. Meaning, and I, I gave lectures, I spoke, and I taught at the police academies. You know, I'm an honorary police officer. I didn't know I you didn't knew know that. that. Yeah. I'm the only ex-con in the United States who is an honorary wow. police officer. I'm the only ex-con who's ever been recognized on the floor of the United States Congress. People don't know that. Also, you know, I developed the number one program for helping kids in the country. It's actually recognized in the Congress. It's called the Reality Check Program. Right. But, you know, I am for good policing. I had a very good relationship with the police chief here, this guy named Moya, who used to be in Palm sure, Bay. Yeah. Now he left. He went back to Long Island to help with the gang issues. I know him very well. We talked. Very good guy. Actually, I was the instrumental one, and he'll tell you this, who got body cameras uh, into Palm Bay Police Department. Because nice. I, I had meetings with them, and, and I pushed it and pushed it, and they went with it because it's the right thing to do. Listen, when you give a person power, John, like you're going to talk about a lot of this today. Uh, when you give a police officer the power to arrest or shoot you, take your liberty or shoot you under the color of law, we better be damn sure we got the right people in the right places. Yes. And yep. that's my bitch. So before we're going we're gonna to talk about murder on the Space Coast, and I want to let everybody know they can find John on Twitter and Facebook. At, it's at 321murder, at 321murder. Check John out, and believe me, if you just, I think if you just Google a murder on the Space Coast, it comes up. Oh, yeah, it should, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's just called murder on the Space Coast. Let me give everybody a pre, and then you're going to jump in. John's show highlights people who have been in prison for many, many, many years. It's kind of like the Innocent Project. Now, I knew Bill Dillon. Bill Dillon was a young 21-year-old kid. He had a case here in Satellite Beach and he, he, in Canova Park, and he was at the wrong place at the wrong time. They mishandled this case so bad. He ended up getting out of prison after 27 years. He ended up getting $1.3 million from the legislator, which is bullshit. He had to fight for that, like all those years. In my opinion, you should get a million a year at minimum. Secondly, he, uh, this kid is not bitter. I mean, he plays the guitar. He was gang raped his first day in Florida. His State. first he, hour. First hour. First hour. I knew it was the first day. I had him on my show. First hour. Gang raped. Five guys. Holy shit. Gang raped. They put a pillowcase over his head. You know the story, yep, I'm sure. Yep. You, did you ever interview him? Oh, yeah. You know, and, and, and in fact, what was really cool was that I actually interviewed him while he was in prison still. Oh, wow. He was writing us letters, and um, I had already made acquaintances with the people at the Innocence Project who were handling his case. Seth Miller, uh, just a great lawyer, great guy, went up to see Dylan, and uh, we interviewed him, and we did some video, and then uh, we covered his, you know, all the appeals, all the, uh, you know, all the hearings, and... Um, you know, it's just so funny how these guys try to hold on to these bad convictions. He was convicted because they kept saying a yellow shirt that had blood on it was his and that he wore it when he killed this guy. Well, the DNA finally came back from the like sweat stains on the shirt, the like neck stains on the shirt wasn't his. His DNA is nowhere near that shirt. Somebody else is in. It is. And his name was actually in the files that the cops had on that case. So, you know, and, and they, but, they try to defend it and they try to say, well, it's yeah, it's, um, you know, uh, yeah, even if he wasn't wearing it, we know he did it. You and know? here's the best thing of this case where people were going to they had what they call a faulty dog handler a guy named Preston. He's been quoted in a lot of these cases you're going to hear. They also had prosecutors that were so overzealous. They they actually, in my opinion, we're going to talk about this. That's prosecutorial misconduct. You can hear that. Secondly, uh, in this case. The detective was fucking the uh, 
one of the witnesses. It was Dylan's girlfriend. It was Dylan's girlfriend. The detective was fucking Dylan's girl. I say it right on yeah. the show. You could curse you, Chuck. Charlie <laughs> Slaughter. Yeah. There you go. Charlie was fucking the guy's daughter. So he wanted him off the picture. Did this come up, did this come up in uh, court? Um, I think it did under like appeal. I can't remember. I mean, because like the trial was in like 84. You know, I'm still in. It I'm did not college, come you know? up during the trial. I knew yeah, that. Okay. It was afterwards that all this yeah. information come out. But what people don't know in the court, and you know, you know, I don't know if you know, I did, I do the law too. I did 10 years of the law. Oh, I got wow. credits for a law degree, all that. But oh, I can't awesome. be because I'm a convicted right. felon. And that's federally mostly. But what people don't know, it's very hard to get back into court. And the federal system is called the 2255. Usually you go under ineffective assistance of counsel. You find your counsel did something fucked up and you get back into court. These cases are actually what they call you the directed verdict backed by a federal judge. Judges can do that. That's where the Innocent Project comes in. I, I testified for them as well, you know, at kids because of, I don't know if you know the law change that if somebody's a juvenile, they can't give them a life sentence. Yes, right. Uh, unless there's extenuating surgery and then they have to have a special hearing. Well, back then they didn't. So they, but anyway. change that law? Yeah, well, not change it. I was helping the people get the kids out because once they passed that law, they had to give everybody who was under 18 at the time a resentencing hearing. Right, so the same reason why they won't legalize marijuana. Gotcha. Yeah, and you know, it's really stupid because uh, some of these kids, they gave 50 years anyway. Right. So they went around the spirit of the law. I actually talked to that on Fox News and one of the news stations. They, they took the spirit of the law was to see if their, their life is, is savable. I mean, a kid is 14, 15, he does something. I don't believe a kid should do this. I'm a very compassionate John, John. Yeah. You know, guy, John. I believe people need second chances. Look at me. People used to say, Larry was a fucking bad guy. And I was. When you read the book, yeah. I was a bad fucking guy. And I'm not proud of that. But, you know, people change. Exactly. And I don't care who you are. I don't know how old you are, Joe. But when you, when you were 20, you were a different man than you are today. Totally. And 30. And a I lot tell, thinner, too. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> Well, I want to talk about a case here because, you know, this is fascinating, my listeners, because the people around here know you, but people all over the world, we're going to talk about the American prison system and, and the judicial system. And we're going to be talking about people who had life sentences. And when, when they're finding out years and years later, 10, 20, 30 years later, that these people were innocent. Now, now they can even question. You're doing a case on Gro. Do you pronounce it Grossly Green? Crossly Green? It's Crossly. Crossly Green. Yep. This case I've been following. I've been following all your writings, yep. John. And I wanted to highlight. I want you to go from the beginning of this case and tell my audience about this case. Sure. So um, just to preface it, like you just said, Wilton Dedge, William Dillon, Gary Bennett, Juan Ramos, all convicted with this John Preston guy, this dog handler. Yeah, is the detective with the Brevard County Sheriff? Yeah. Well, no, he was a, a like contractor basically. He oh. was a like a like former state um, trooper out of like Pennsylvania, and he would sell you know services. He would oh, go I around. didn't know that. Okay, good. and you know we have affidavits from you know cops that are that are now passed away and stuff, but that he would ask for the all the information about the case before he went out with his dogs. So that's you know bullshit right there, right? That's you're not supposed to do that. Well, in the courts, yeah. called export taking education. You can't right. do that. <laughs> so, so look, all, you know, all all these guys were all innocent. You know, Gary Bennett's in prison still. Um, uh, unfortunately, he got sentenced to life in prison. If he got sentenced to to die, he probably would be out because the Florida Supreme Court would have automatically, you know, looked at that dog evidence and said this is you know bogus. And so, unfortunately, his case is like stalled at the like fifth DCA because they He's still issued- in the state court. Yeah, because um, 
his appeal, they issued a, uh, what, was, uh, what is the term, uh, a procurium affirmed, whatever, which you know, means... Even we, with the evidence, they still, there was enough evidence to, to keep right. him convicted. And without an opinion, you can't appeal it further. So and and it was those, given with no opinion? Right, correct. Wow. So that's where he is right now. And his family's always emailing me. It's sad. Anyway. Is he, is he in state or federal prison? He's in state prison. Okay. If it's yeah. the DCA, in feds, they go to federal court. So that the d- district court in fed, the appeals court in fed is in 11th, Atlanta. That's 11th Circuit. DCA here is, is uh, for this circuit, there's, there's 20 circuits in the state of Florida. We're in the 18th judicial circuit. So that DCA handles so many circuits in Florida, just try to give a people how it works. Now, when a appeal goes to a DCA or district uh, appeals court, it, they get a three panel. Now, those judges usually give an opinion. Uh, uh, you know, usually if it's a 2-1 or a 3-0, they'll give an opinion. Now, they can ask for what they call, where they get all the opinions, the whole, all of them. And bonk, let's call it. Yeah, yeah. and bonk, yeah. yeah. Boy, he's bringing back memories, too. <laughs> Man, I'm glad I don't do this shit anymore. I like this better, because I don't have a judge tell me I can't say that. <laughs> uh, no, in, in the briefs. But, John, let's get back to these guys. Yeah. So, now, all of them are, you, you believe every one of them are innocent? Yes, yeah. I mean, you know. William Dillon and Wilton Dredge were exonerated because of... And like, got of, money. Of, like, DNA, yes. Did Dredge get money? Y- yes, he did, but he had to fight for it also. How much did he get? Uh, like a million and change. Yeah, fucking I know. garbage. I know. 30 fucking years ago. Yeah, he, he, he was in for, like, 22 years. And you know what's, what's you know, sick is that he was in there for rape, right? Supposedly, he was working in New Smyrna Beach, right? I mean, not supposedly, he was. Supposedly, he drives down to Brevard on his lunch hour finds a 17-year-old girl who's home alone that he doesn't know, rapes her, stabs her a few times, drives back in time to clock back in at work. I mean, it is just totally bogus, right? That's so, got to be impossible. I mean, I, I, it, has anybody did it, like an investigator, <laughs> tried to time it and do it? I think you had, well, he was on his motorcycle, so they said he was probably doing like 100 on his motorcycle back, so he could rape somebody, right? And So many assumptions, man. Yeah, yeah. Oh. So, um, now what... In his case, the eyewitness, the rape victim, and we've learned now over the years that eyewitness testimony is not that reliable because you're under duress, right? You're you're obviously having a horrible time, a horrible moment. You don't really see things clearly. You're panicking. Well, she saw him in a store, Wilton Detch, and, you know, he probably was, like, checking her out or something. You know what I mean? Sure. And it probably freaked her out, and she told the cops it was him, right? So... But there's no evidence, there's nothing. So in those days, before DNA, they had pubic hair, right? So they said, well, the pubic hair is blondish, it's him, he's the rapist. He goes away 22 years, right? Uh, he appeals, he wins the appeal. On his way back, the prosecutor... Did the Innocent Project pick him up? Yeah, but that was much later. Okay, so he okay. just, this was not like a like regular appeal because... Right. Of, so he won it within a couple of years, he yeah. wins his appeal. And he's on his way back to Brevard County, and... The prosecutors put Clarence Zaki on the van with him. Google that name when you can. This guy was a drug dealer. He uh, is a murderer. He tried to kill the DA here. Um, I was the Iowa like, State Attorney at the time. Um, his Norm name was Wolf Doug again? Cheshire. Oh, he was before Norm Yeah, Wolf, He yeah. killed Michael Hunt's brother. Michael Hunt is, is that, that pro- Yeah, I know exactly who um, but wow. He, and he was sentenced to like, you know, all, you know, like life in prison, you know, like, uh, like a hundred times over. And suddenly his sentence is only like 10 years more. 
he began ratting on people, but he's making up stuff. So he gets in the van with Dej, rides back. You know, Dej said he slept the whole time. His lawyers obviously told him, don't say a word to anybody about anything. And this guy says that Wilton Dej, you know, had confessed the whole crime to him and, you know, killed that, you know, lake lady and stuff. So trial number two, they didn't have the, the actual dog handler, right, because that got thrown out. But they have Zachy now to come in and say, he told me he did it. Okay, you're saying that the, the, the dog handler evidence got thrown out on the appeal. He wins an appeal. Yeah. What was the appeal win on? I, I, I'm pretty sure it was the, like, dog handler stuff. Okay. I, I'm not 100%. Right. So okay, I got it. No, no, that's yeah. okay. So that got thrown out, you know, and, um, but now because, so, you know, Clarence Zaki, a professional liar, okay, he just, uh, you know, uh, so he's, like, sentenced to life in prison, dead, right? So... And I'm sorry if this is kind of long. But no, no, <laughs> no, no, no. So it's very interesting. When he was convicted in the closing argument, I think the number was like 67 or 68 times the prosecutor mentioned the pubic hair, right? So now DNA comes along and the Innocence Project is on his case and the pubic hairs are tested. They're not his. So it's like, oh my God, his guy's going to go free. So we're all in court. The court's jam-packed. There's like TV cameras everywhere. Um um, what's his name? You know, like Barry Sheck is there. You know, all all the, the like, biggest big lawyers shots, you yeah. had. All the biggest shots are there. Barry Sheck. Um, and the prosecutors here in Brevard County, and I believe it was Wayne Holmes and Chris White at the time, said, "I know uh, them both." The, the The hair is inconsequential. It, it that could have been anybody's pubic hair. After saying it like sixty eight times, like during closing, that this is why he's the rapist, right? Well, thank God. There was a little bit of semen left that could now be tested. So he stays in prison for a little while longer. I think almost like a year, you know, longer while they're testing, you know, like the DNA. And it's not his. The semen it wasn't his. And she so said, the, the, the only semen inside of me is from the rapist. So there are still people in the state attorney's office who think that he's guilty. You know, uh, it, it's amazing when I read. And I know some of them, and I don't talk about that this kind of stuff. But it, 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 it to me, it's amazing that people will uh, go against hard straight. It's like I know I don't know what gets in a person's head. Listen, one of my talents, someone said this years ago, is Larry. You, we talked about this many times at lunch, Ben. I, if you, John, you could change my mind. I have opinions. We all argue. We do stuff. If we talk logically, and you can change my mind, I will change it. I'm not hard headed enough to say. Fuck no, I'm still right. right. I mean, you change my mind with evidence, with this, or whatever it is. In two things, we talk about that a lot at lunch. Yeah. And I, I think that's important to everybody. And I do that with young people. They could change my, my mind about something. I'm not stupid enough to think I know everything. Secondly, the, uh, when, I, when I deal with police who are like this, or prosecutors are like this, these are the people, and I always say this, they have immunity, but they shouldn't. There has to be a change in the system where at some point a person has to be held accountable. I get you can't do it for, for an incident that happens. It's a, it, it, it's a hair trigger pull. You don't, not, it's not malicious. It's not stuff. At some point when you are that hard-headed, there has to be a consequence where that person, now you're wrong that much for, you know, for that kind of thing you're going to face two years in jail or you're going to lose your pension or you're going to lose something. There has to be something to take away that immunity. Well, you know, John Dean Moxley, who is, uh, he, he was became a judge. A judge. Became a judge. Dean Moxley. He, yep. he was no. the main prosecutor in all these cases and Chris White was his right-hand man. And, you know, you can make a mistake. 
like you just said, right? You, you know, you can make a mistake. Second time, it's like, oh, you guys got to be careful. The third time, I mean, there's a problem here, right? So now we fast forward to 1989. Okay, all these other cases happened in the early to mid-80s, 82, 83, 84, around there. John Preston is gone because- That's a, the dog handler. A local judge thought it was bullshit. I think his name was Gil Goshorn. And he said, I want to test the dog on a simple track. A half mile in the woods. He had a lawyer jog it a like few times, whatever. He takes off his shirt, hands it to the dog. The dog couldn't find- Couldn't no find himself. Oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Let so, me yeah, give you ahead. a quick thing on the dogs, and I noticed from court. First of all, a lot of police do dogs wrong. When they walk around a car, that's wrong. Because they can sing them with a move of a- they can sing them with a tension of their hand to have that dog sit. The proper way for a dog to check a car is they get the dog, they let it off its leash, and it goes. Now, if it goes around and around and it sits down, that's the to tell tie sign of a drug or something. Right. But you walk in the car, dog around the whole car, and you know, to, to, to do that, you know, I'm doing this on camera, everybody, even on the podcast. I'm moving my thumb. You do that. Dog sits down. Oh, with probable cause, but now we're going to search the car. There's a video that's circulating the internet right now, and it's it's going to go bigger than it already is, and it's already viral, of a cop st- thought he was out of the... Uh, Range of another, the cameras? Well, there was another cruiser, oh. and it was standing at a position where you could see what he's doing. He had the dog. The guy's walking the dog around the car, right? And now they want to get in the car, and he throws something, and the dog sits down. Oh, wow. And he was right in the frame of his camera, but you could tell he wanted to be in the dead spot of the car so the driver didn't see it. And that's circulating the internet right now. You could find it. I mean, I'm well, sure you know, I, I, again, I, I knew a lot of uh, defense lawyers and stuff, and, and we used to do a lot of evidence on that. By the way, this video is within the last month. How crazy is that? Wow. And I had no idea that you yeah. know that. I mean, I, and so uh, let—that's just with with uh, the dogs. I wanted right. to let them. So continue, John. Yeah. I'm so sorry, um, just one last example of how preposterous John Preston's claims were and his dog. Right. I don't know if you've ever heard of Gerald Stano. He was a, like, supposed serial killer, electrocuted here in Florida, you know, killed, um, you know, supposedly killed a lot of people. Well, Gerald Stano was, uh, had a very, very low IQ, was a battered child. Um, some people say that he was mentally retarded. I don't know if, like, that's the term we use, like, nowadays. Uh, not, under, 70, under 70 IQ yeah. is considered, and actually, you're supposed, they're supposed to be not, not able to help defend themselves. And, 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 and so he was a serial confessor. And so you could get this guy to just confess to things. So, like, Daytona Beach, there was a cop there. I can't think of his name right now, but he's on, he's on season two of, of, the, of the, like, podcast that I did, Murder on the Space Coast. He... You know, he basically just got Gerald Stano to just confess to all these murders, right? So there's one more murder here um, that is unsolved. I think her name was Kathy Lee Scharf, and I apologize if that's wrong, but that seems to be... And it was on Merritt Island in some wooded area. So they bring in John Preston eight years after she's found dead. Eight years. Now, a dog track eight days later is no good. They bring him in eight years later. And he finds him. Well, he, yeah, he, he, so they mowed a path, basically, in this really high grass, right? And the dog is going, and there's video of this, and we have it up on our website, and the dog lays down a few times and stops, and John Preston actually has to kick the dog in the ass to make him go, and then he, you know, he, he says, well, he brought it here, so he, he was tracking Gerald Stano's prison, you know, you know, his, like, clothes to the spot of the murder eight years later. 
Gerald Stano was executed because of that conviction in Brevard County. It was that conviction? That conviction that they, executed him. You know how? Because he, he had life in prison for all the other ones. You know, I, I know what happens. You know, I was in prison with a lot of lifers. I was in USP Atlanta. I was in the bad prisons. And uh, what happens is people start justifying how this guy's a scumbag and it doesn't matter. It's wrong. I, I don't believe in the death penalty, and there's a lot of reasons why, because I was in prison. I've seen so many exonerations. Uh, I've watched people who are, you know, they did bad things, John, but they do change. And, you know, I don't think an eye and eye for an eye is the way we should do it. I just don't. There's a lot of things. And living it's in not, prison. It's not even an eye for an eye. A murder for a murder is not a murder. It's not an eye for yeah. an eye. You get a last meal. You get to go in a way different way. You want to talk eye yes. for an eye. <laughs> yeah. You just got to start chopping some shit. Yeah, and, you know, here's the problem even, too. People don't understand, as a man who lived in that environment, it's bad to live in there. And look at Whitey Bulger. I know the people, Freddie Geese killed Whitey Bulger. They killed him within 12 hours. I, some people say 12 minutes of him coming on the yard. So it's not a, a, a great environment for people who, let's escape. Things happen in prison. I can't say good or bad. I'm saying justice always seems to have a way of working its way out, though, yes. I believe, right. without us interfering in, in ways that, and you'd wonder what turns a person's um, inner self to do that. And I'll tell you what I mean by that. Michael Hunt's brother, I did not know that, was killed by that guy. Yeah. And they actually let that guy out. I assume he might be out by now. Well, no, and and what, how bad did they want Edge? Well, exactly. Exactly. Look, look, you know, like how they're fighting all these cases Crosley Green, who we haven't spoken about yet. But, oh, that's a but, major case we got to talk about. Even if you think he's guilty, there are so many holes in the case, and he's already served over 30 years. I mean, you know, just let him out already. Uh, you know, I mean, if, if you think he's guilty, he's already done. Oh, you're talking about the uh, take green. a mental green. evaluation. Oh, we're we're going to yeah, talk yeah. about the but green case. Take a mental evaluation, see if he's a changed man, and make a decision yeah. based well, on that. Well, you know, that's what I was actually hired to do yeah. by a lot of people to see how prison affected him. Have they changed? Because, uh, you know, you can get infractions in prison. People go, oh, look, he's not even changing. Bullshit. You, someone tries to rape you, you get an infraction. You know, something happened. Right. I had a lot of them. Right. Let's put it that way. So my point is, it's you can't look at it that. You have to look at other things that happen in prison. And that's what I actually testified on at courts. And I was I was classified an expert in many, many uh, uh, circuits in Florida. And uh, to give evidence on, because I would interview the guy in prison like you guys would, yep. but I know prison, so I know what he's going through. It's a whole different animal. Sure. Now, get, now, John, we're going to get, now, again, everybody, John Torres is the uh, assignment ed engagement editor with the Florida Today, one of the bigger, this is the biggest paper in, in this whole central Florida area. <coughs> Excuse me, he's also the host of Murder on a Space Coast. What a great podcast. You actually did it in Cocoa Beach out of a, out of a, out of a uh, a theater once, a, a theater, yeah. Well, we well we used to have these events at, at the end of the podcast, you know, sort of like a party and sort of you know meet the people on the podcast. And I got to come on your podcast. Yes, you do. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. We, you do. we have a great time there talking yes. about them because I follow them. We're going to go into more. And John is also follow John on Twitter and Facebook. It's at three two one murder at three two one murder. We will have all that info in the bottom of all of these uh, uh, descriptions. We're going to get into a case right now, John. I know I'm jumping yeah. in. No, that's okay. A guy named is Grossly, Grossly Green. Crosley. 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 I always do that. Crosley Green. Now, I'm going to give a little bit of the case that I know. How's that? Sure. Now, Crosley Green was a, uh, a black man in his, I think he was at the time, he was about 30 years old. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. And, and he got, 
there was a murder in uh, Rockledge, I think it was. It was Titusville. Okay, I was, yeah. no, it was up there. Up north, yeah. It was up north, and what happened was, it happened in a field, or a, a, again, an abandoned area. A cop came there, and the two cops that, the lady came out within a truck with the black guy, after the guy. And now she's saying that the black guy held a gun on her. She's the only witness. And the guy didn't even know how to drive a stick shift. It was a stick shift. And he's the wrong hand in the gun so far. Even the cops said this story is bullshit. They convicted this man for a murder. Can you yep. please get yes. all the holes I sure. just fucked up? Yeah, yeah. So um, Chip Flynn, 22-year-old kid from uh, you know Mims Titusville area, uh, his ex-girlfriend and him meet up one night, Kim Halleck. And so they meet up, and he's already moved on. He already has, like, somebody else, but she's, she seems hung up on him. So they go to Holder Park, which, uh, you know, like they have, like, you know, like some Little League games and, and, and crap like that. But it's, like, midnight-ish, you know. And, um, and they fool around, supposedly. But she says that a black man approached the vehicle and held them up at gunpoint and told them to drive away. Now she says that held them up for for robbery. Yes. Okay. Or, or like a like carjacking or a rape. I'm, you know, I'm not sure what's going to happen. Right? How so, can he tell them to drive away if he's jacking them? If he's taking the car, how is he telling them to drive <laughs> right, away? That alone. Well, yeah, yeah. So so he he uh, you know and all all of this is her story and these states right. So she says that she has to tie up her boyfriend's hands behind his back with a shoestring, and that he has a gun in the glove box. The boyfriend. So she takes the gun and she puts it under some clothes that are on the bench. And that's me. I'm sorry, guys. This that's is the live, real deal, baby. That's the real okay. deal, baby. Okay. If I it's somebody good, on. you can answer it. No, it's the Eye Institute. I need to, <laughs> no, to make it a point. Oh, eye Institute. Nah, yeah, nah, yeah, yeah. nah, nah. Your eyes got to go. I we never need have you. my ringer on. That's like the craziest <laughs> thing. Okay, sorry, buddy. buddy. It's all right. And, the real deal. <laughs> yeah. So um, She's got the gun. She puts it behind the yes, clothes. And so supposedly, Crosley Green now... Um, Drives away, right? He's driving a stick shift. And this was a, a super jacked up like pickup truck, okay? It was actually really hard to, you know, actually do the gears apparently. While he's holding a gun on Kim. Now you can't, unless he has three arms, you can't do that. Right. And you don't know how to drive one. Right, right. He doesn't know how to drive stick shift. So anyway, they end up in an orange grove, which is nearby, right? And she says... That uh, he, she got out of the car and he's like, you know, making like, you know, he's angry. where is the boy? Where's the boyfriend? He's in the car and he's tied, tied up, up in, the, she tied in the car. Him, yeah. yeah. So he, the boyfriend grabs the gun. This is her story and leaps out of the truck, shooting the gun behind his back at Crosley Green. And supposedly Crosley Green and him end up in a firefight and the kid gets shot. Right. She says that Crosley Green runs away. She gets in the truck and she drives away for help, right? Now she passes the hospital. She passes payphones. Oh, the guy's in the car. No, he's there in the, in the field. But she's going for help, supposedly. Where is she going, did she say? Uh, well, she ended up at, she passes her parents' house. She passes the hospital. She passes, you know, like payphones. She ends up at Chip Flynn's friend's house, bangs on his window at one in the morning, and says, Chip has been shot, Chip has been shot. Now, the guy wakes up, you know, and he's, you know, like stunned, and he has to talk her into calling 911, right? So she calls 911, 
and but she doesn't want to go out there with the lake sheriff's deputies. She doesn't want to. They talk her into going, and she gives them this bad. This is her boyfriend? Yeah. Ex, well, ex-boyfriend. Well, yeah, what a, yeah, yeah, exactly. So ex, they were the, out there doing something, so yes. it wasn't so ex. Well, right, 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 right. Exactly. but supposedly. Right. She was fucking them is what happened. Yeah, yeah right. right. And so, um, you know, she gives them bad directions. It takes them a long time to get to the orange field, right? Mm. The, the orange grove. Interesting. The two responding officers, Sergeant Diane Clark, great lady, sheriff's office, retired, and Mark Rixey, um, end up going out to the scene, and they have their guns drawn and stuff because they don't know if there's a a like shooter out there or what, and they find the kid laying there, right? And all he says is, "I want to get out of here. Can you take me home?" The kid, take me home. Oh, yeah. he's alive. He's alive. Oh, he's shot but alive. He's shot in the belly or uh, his right chest, right chest. She up here, left him for dead. That bitch. Oh my. That's God. what the podcast was called. You know, season five. You know, like one of those on the Space Coast, left for dead. Oh, so, yeah. uh, <laughs> bitch. Yeah. yeah, I like the answer. Uh, left for, left for <laughs> dead. <laughs> uh, so they examine the area. He doesn't say, is Kim okay? Is Kim safe? She never asks about him. He never says, hey, there's a black guy with a gun around here. Be I careful. had a shootout with him. Right. None of that stuff. I just want to go home. What happened here? I just want to go home. Please, just, I want to go home. He ends up dying in the ambulance on the way to the hospital. He bled out. They examine the scene after hearing her story, and there's no... Um, Evidence of any sort of, you know, chase on foot. There's no fingerprints from Crosley Green anywhere on the truck, even though he, you know, like drove it, supposedly. There's no, there's only shell casings from Chip's gun. And the part that I find most remarkable is that the clothes that the gun were hidden behind on the bench of his truck were laid out like a blanket where her and Chip. Him a fucking, yeah. You know. Probably had sex. Yeah. You're so nice. So if this guy <laughs> jumped out with the gun and his hands are tied, how is there a blanket down to have sex, right? It just doesn't make any How would any the blanket sense. still be down if you had to get the gun from underneath it? <laughs> right. Yeah, right. And the way question, when they picked him up, was he tied up still? Yes, but they, um, it was like described as loosely tied as if possibly for sex. Gotcha. Okay. You know. Um, no, I so, get it. So, I, yeah, I, I can't do that. I, uh, I, I, I've been in handcuffs was a too shoe many times. Was a shoe it was string. a shoestring, right. Did so they the, find out whose shoe that was? Um, was there a shoe missing a string? I think it was his. Yeah, I think it was his own shoe. His own you shoe. Know, Chip well, she took yeah. it off. They had some fun. And, and then, you know. She's hey, the I'll one that put it hand. on him, even by her story with the, with right. the black guy shooting right. everything else. Yes. So, so she tied him behind him. She's giving him a blowjob. It's something exciting and something happened. That's my theory already. Either like you know, like the two of them were like target practicing, and a ricochet got him or something, or uh, you know, he said, "I'm not leaving my girlfriend just because we had sex." You know, that's all it was was sex, and she gets pissed. I don't know what happens there, right? We don't know. We do know that it wasn't Crosley Green. That's just that's bogus, right? So anyway, apparently they try to pin this thing on somebody by the name of O'Connor Green because she says some like black guy did it. O'Connor Green is Crosley's brother. And at the time, he was a big-time crack and cocaine dealer in the Titusville area. So sure. they wanted him off the streets. It's an easy target. Easy yeah. target again, right. Just like Wilton Dedge, high school dropout, William Dillon, sort of like a pothead on the they beach. All, they, they all have they, target on yes, their back in a yes. way. So, Not the most intelligent people. Right, <laughs> exactly. So, but O'Connor has an airtight alibi. He's at some bar. A hundred people were out there with him that night. He was nowhere near this, right? Crosley Green had just gotten out of prison. 
I think like a month earlier, you know, maybe like three weeks earlier, he did a year and a half for, you know, um, you know, like selling Coke. Okay. Yeah. So a nonviolent charge. Right. Right. He has no violence in his past. Right. And listen to this, his, he had to raise his kids extended family because his dad murdered his mother and then shot himself in front of Titusville police when he was like 15 years old. This is Crossley and his Crossley. brother Green. Yeah, That's yeah. why. So, yeah, so I'd really, be a drug dealer it's, it's, too. Yeah, it's a really messed up, you know, yeah. like you know, like you know, like situation. So, anyway, she says a like black guy did it. So they do some drawing that really doesn't look like you know Crossley Green, and then she's given a photo lineup, and the photo lineup, and we have you know photos of this up on like FloridaToday.com. It's so prejudicial. Crossley Green's photo is right in the middle. It's darker than the rest, a little bit smaller than the rest. Your eye is just drawn there. I did a a, um, a like non scientific test with the people at that at the paper. Who do you notice first? And they you know all crossy green. And they and they don't know any. Right. It's not Suggest- like they do anything. Suggestive. Right. Yeah. Oh no, right. no question. They've- but, but then uh, you know the cops actually tell her she can't identify. She's uh, uh, you know I don't know whatever. And the cops say, well, he, he's in he's he's in here. You know, the murderer is one of these guys, which you're not supposed to do. You you know right. like you, of course you not. Can't so she finally you know. Agrees that it's Crosley Green, and he gets arrested. What police department? Uh, sheriff's office. Oh, the sheriff again, not Bar the County sheriff's. Okay. Yeah, Bar County sheriff. Um, she picks him out of a picture, or out of a lineup, um, out of a picture, a photo lineup. Yeah. They a, a photo lineup. They, yeah, they, yeah. They'll put a photo lineup of six people, and like he's saying, they'll make one lighter. They'll, they'll this put is him before in. they have him in custody. Yes. Okay. That's picking and, him up. And so now, somebody calls the Titusville High School. Um, Hospital that night. I think it was, uh, what's up there? Parish? Yeah, Hospital. Parish yeah, Medical yeah. Center. And says, we're coming to finish the job on Chip Flynn or, you know, like something like that, whatever. The guy that was just brought in, we're coming back to, you know, like kill him. He's dead, though. They don't know He's it. He's dead, right. So, like, somebody so, didn't know it. Like somebody, you know. So, so somebody basically called in a death threat into a hospital. Right. And of the guy that was shot. Right. Right. Who's dead, but apparently they didn't know. They didn't know. Right, right. So, um, and I have some theories as to who that is, but we'll get there in a second. So, Crosley Green's finally arrested, right? And they bring in a dog handler. Not John Preston, because he's already, like, disgraced. But I, this I'm guy's so against dog handlers. What year is this? This is 89. Okay. And they bring him in, and they, he follows a scent in Holder Park, right, where there's thousands of people in that park every day playing Little League and all, all kinds of stuff, out onto the street, out to Sheila Green's house, Crosley's older sister. Well, she's got six dogs in the yard, yapping. Right. Uh, the dog is going, and he's, you know, he, the dog is like crossing streets, and he's going up roads. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just... You mean it, a dog being a dog? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a dog. Yeah. Right. So, uh, look, look, he's arrested. They have nothing. So, what do they do? Well, Chris White... It's alleged that he approached, you know, Crosley Green's sister, who was facing a lot of prison time in federal prison for drugs, her boyfriend, and this other friend. They were all going away for drugs, and she was, sorry, she was on the verge of losing her children because of that. And Chris White, all three of them have all testified that Chris White said to them, if you testify in this case, you won't, you know, you are not going to lose your kids. We'll make sure that your kids, this, that, you know. And you're not going to prison. Well, well, she went anyway, but I think it was a more lenient, you know, like sure. sentence. 
Chris White is a, uh, prosecutor. Prosecutor. a prosecutor. Right. And he was the one that worked on all these other cases yeah. as well. Now, prosecutors and policemen are, are known to say this. This is very common. If you break a law, any law, you, you, you get caught with, with a joint. The first thing they tell you when they get to you is, you know, if you tell me who gave you that joint or where you got this, you walk scot-free. So this is very common. It happens yeah. whether it's a murder or, or a jaywalking. Just to, <laughs> just to let the legal straight part of it, a cop does that all the time, has no say. Right. A prosecutor does. Right. They don't want to file the charges. But the cops get you warmed up. Yeah, no, meaning a yeah, cop's going to promise you the world. They right. can't do shit. Come and go right. fuck himself. Right, right. You take a prosecutor, obviously they have the power to charge or not charge. Right, but it doesn't They're stop different. cops from, from doing oh, that. Oh, no, 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 right. no. They do do it. That's yeah. why, again, we're going to go into the immunity a little yeah. bit. But now keep going because how does he get to, to Green? He mustn't have an alibi. Well, he, he, it's, it's like um, it, it would be funny if it wasn't so tragic. He's having sex that night with somebody. He has an alibi. The woman's married. Oh, shit. When she gets subpoenaed, she doesn't show up to court. So his alibi falls apart. Right? She doesn't want the husband to know that she's banging somebody else. And so then you have Crosley Green's own sister, her boyfriend, and some other friend come in and say, yeah, he was acting funny. He said he did something bad, and he he feels badly for it, blah, 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 blah. He is convicted and sentenced to die. The death penalty. Electric chair at the time, right. That got um, reduced on appeal to life in prison, which is when I started following the case after 20 years on like death row because of some youthful infraction that the jury knew about that they weren't supposed to have. He hit and somebody. that was the second offense that made it go so to death So on a technicality, penalty. he got taken off of death row and put into life in prison. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Well, well, not only what happens is that you need predicating offenses. Is that this death penalty is a whole different kind of qualifying thing. Back then, it was different. It's a little harder now. But uh, in this case, so there's no physical, no physical evidence whatsoever. There's no fingerprints of him there. There's no gun with his fingerprints on it. Nope. There's no bullet. The bullet casings they found, they don't have his fingerprints. There's no DNA of him being in that truck, correct? All correct. they have is a bunch of hearsay. Nobody that even so saw him. Well, well, I'm going to... Let him only yeah. casings uh, from like Chip's gun, uh, Chip, and uh, you know he had like semen in his in his pants or whatever. So he had sex that night or you know right before going out, whatever. Um, so a hair is found later on in the truck, and so Crosley Green's attorneys are like, we 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 you know it has to be tested. Let's you know like you know, and it's like Afro style hair, right? right? Sure. So they go. And the D, he can't be excluded from the DNA. He not, can't be excluded. He, he, right, he's not a match. He can't be excluded. So then the guy that owned the truck before Chip and sold it to him and the guy that, like, jacked it all up, he was good friends with O'Connor Green. And O'Connor Green and him, they used to go around Titusville riding around. <sighs> so Titusville's a small town. Yeah, yeah, if there's a hair in there. It, and so O'Connor and him went to court and they testified and said, you know, I was in the truck a lot. That hair is probably, you know, it's mine and so forth. But, um, you know, there was no relief. Now, some other friend of Chip Flynn's, the victim who died, right, said, you know, rest in peace, Chip, and all this, but he was a racist. And if a black guy shot him and a cop said what happened, he would have no problem saying some fucking N-word shot me. You know, go right, get him. Right, right, right. And, and but all he said was, "I just want to go home." He didn't Dude, want to say a word. He didn't care. I just want to get out of here. Know. Yeah, I just want to get out of here. And you know, just you know, like sleep. Now, whatever. what what I've read and what I've heard, 
To this day, the woman is sticking with the story. Is that true? Well, supposedly, she, you know, look, I, I always say if, if you've done something wrong, don't talk about it ever to anybody. So she's never spoken about it after the trial, not on TV, not with us. Not, she, you know, went on with her life, and she hasn't said one word about it officially on the record to anybody. Okay? So he gets, he, so he's in prison. So really cool story is that this Washington, D.C., you know, based law firm, Crowell and Mooring, right? I have to give them a shout out. Well, Crowell? Crowell, C-R-O-W-E-L-L, ampersand Mooring. One of the top firms in the world. They do all types of criminal and, you know, like, you know, like, you know also contract stuff, all over the place. They're assigned the case, you know, by the American Bar Association to get him off of, um, you know, like Florida's death row. Death row, right. Right, so they do that but they believe he's innocent. Not just that he's not guilty, they, the, right. he's innocent. This guy is totally innocent. And so they have stayed the case and have worked his case for like 13 or 14 years now, racking up millions of dollars. In, pro bono, though. Pro bono. Pro bono totally means pro for bono. free, everybody. For pro yeah. bono means for free. And so um, uh, a few years ago, in like 2018, I can't believe it has been like that long ago, a, a like federal judge in Florida issued a Brady violation, you know, he said a like Brady violation occurred. And if your listeners who don't know what a Brady violation is, prosecutors have to share information that could exonerate or prove that the defendant is innocent with the lawyers, with, you know, his lawyers. Yeah, they can't hold back evidence. Right. And so they had, so like, you know, Moxley had notes. I mean, I'm sorry, Chris White had notes that he took that Clark and Rixey, the two responding officers, went to him and said, uh, her story doesn't hold up. We don't believe her. There's no evidence here of the things that she says. We think the girl did it. That quote, we think the girl did it. In the paperwork. In the paperwork. And that was never brought up in court. Never. And not even give it to the defense. To the defense it, right, right. Which is That's the, the Brady so, so, That's right. the Brady violation. So he wins a new trial within like 90 days or his freedom. Right. Ashley Moody, the attorney general in Florida, appeals, of course, because they have to fight. And hold on to every you know, every conviction. Like I said, even though he's already been in for over over thirty years, uh, so now it goes up to the Eleventh Circuit Court of Appeals, Anna. a like three judge, um, you know, you know, like panel, and they, um, yeah, it was actually in like Jacksonville though. It was like it was like this hearing, yeah, like they have one there, and um, they held on to it for two years, all throughout COVID. This was like the weekend before the world went to shit. I remember it was like March tenth. I'm in Jacksonville. I'm driving back after the hearing, and my boss says, oh, you know, because of this thing that's out now, we're going to work from home for like two weeks and then come back. I'm like, okay, cool. Work from home. Not thinking much of it. You know, two and a half years later, I'm still working from home. So, <laughs> you know, but um, We are here. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> um, so uh, it was, you know, like right for all that. So, so like just this year, I think it was April, the court ruled on the side of the state. I... I that blew me the fuck away. Yeah. Now he was out. Now let, let's go back. I skipped something. Yeah. Right, yeah. So, I, ahead, so uh, his attorneys, because the appeal was taken so freaking long, and he was basically had no conviction. Now the like Brady violation, it like nullifies. Yeah. I was writing articles. He's the only guy in like prison right now without this conviction. You know, and, and yeah. he's he's an innocent man in prison. And if he dies of COVID in prison because it was like spreading through, right? Um, the state's gonna have like blood on its hands anyway. So he gets released. On house arrest. 
The guy is the most well-adjusted guy. I would love for you to go do a like study of him. He's so soft-spoken. He's a mentor, church-going. The warden of his prison wrote an affidavit asking for his release. Would he come on my show? The warden? No, no, no. Uh, uh, Green? Uh, Green. Uh, if his like attorneys allowed it, and I don't know if he's allowed up here because he's on house arrest still, so he can go to work. Sure. He's not. I thought he. They, no, he has the ankle bracelet. Oh, on. they did. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. So he's he's out on the ankle bracelet, and but he's still not free. You get right. four hours a week though. Oh, stop! Don't, don't <laughs> even go into that. Let me explain a couple of things, John. You'll, you'll understand. What people don't know out there is a, pro, a, a a criminal defense attorney is supposed to do everything in its power to get you out of prison. That's that's their job. A prosecutor's job is not just to win at all costs. It is to seek the truth. Justice. That's justice. Right. That is the job of the prosecutor. See, a judge, everyone thinks, oh, the judge could do it. No, a judge is a referee in a case. Yep. That's what they are. Uh, and they they do they call balls and strikes. That's the we uh, Judge Silverman. He's my buddy, you know, judge. I know him very well. We have a lot of judges come on. Oh, that's cool. Uh, and uh, we just had Chief Judge, Judge Recklitziller. Oh, nice. Yeah, we okay. had her on. And she's a good woman, too. She goes with her, her knowledge. You know? She won her re-election, by the she way. She did yeah. win her yeah, re-election. Won, yeah. Now, uh... So that's the, what's got me with this case with these prosecutors. Now, I'd love to know personally, John, I know it's a question. This is what we do here. Uh, is this guy white, a prejudiced guy? I mean, is, it seems like, except for, except for uh, William, uh, William Dillon, who's a white-haired, blonde kid, 21 years old, probably jacking off on the beach, whatever the hell he was doing, in the wrong place at the wrong time. That's what happened to him. Yeah. Do you think they're just out to get maybe some black guys? I, I don't because, you know, like Wilton Dedge is white also. So, uh, you know, Juan Ramos was, you know, like, you know, Cuban. I think it's they're just blinded and they feel like they go with their initial gut and they build a case around a guy instead of letting the evidence build the case. You know, like you think the they case. believe their own bullshit. Yes, except that after you get these exonerations and after the like DNA comes back, wouldn't you say, oh, yeah, shit, I should look at this case. You know, I should fight this. Do you know that in Gary Bennett's case, and I know that I'm jumping around a little bit, he fought for DNA, right, in his case? Moxley, who was the prosecutor in his case, was a sitting judge, wrote a 10-page letter to the special prosecutor urging him not to do... The DNA. Yeah, no, I, I why, remember that. Why? I mean, why would you not... If you've made one mistake, two mistakes, three mistakes... Don't you want an innocent guy out of prison? That's the most un-American thing we can do in this country is to lock up somebody who's innocent, right? Oh, <laughs> you're going to get, you know, my podcast and you're one of my platforms, uh, John, is prison reform and uh, criminal justice reform. That is one yep. of my big, big platforms on both of my channels. And, and one of my things with the criminal justice system is, and I said it in the beginning again, is people are not able to change. I mean, their thought process. That's what I'm saying. If you can convince me with all this evidence like we're doing, you'll change my mind. No matter what, if I right. thought I was right or not, I'm man enough to say I was wrong. Right. Now, I can accept the man being wrong. And, and that happens. And mistakes sure. happen. And as bad as they are and the consequences are, I hope we don't have them. And I don't think people in power should have that many chances to keep making mistakes. But secondly, they have to uh, uh, be held accountable at some point. What? Why are we holding people in prison this long? Our prison system, first of all, let me get, I, I get a quick link to the audience. Our prison system, I just watched the documentary of one of the guys from YouTube, uh, Discord. 
uh, gave me a great thing. I'm actually going to review this. It's a very 13-minute document. I'm going to send it to the Florida today. Right. It's that good on statistics, just so you guys can, and maybe we'll do some partnership yeah. on something. But I, I can't, well, your research, John, I want to, well, first of all, I want to tell everybody, you're amazing what you do. Oh, you know, you, 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 cause you give facts. You don't, you don't give your, I give opinions. Fuck it. This is my, my platform. I do. I mean, they usually educated op- opinions and stuff, but you, and every time I watch you or, or, or read your stories and you know, I do, you can see the Florida thing yeah. right on my desk. Yeah. Fuck. Yes. It's there. There's two <laughs> of them. You is. see them? There. I do see them. <laughs> and I read your stuff. I, I, I really do. And because of your, your reporting and how you do it. Where is the Dej case right now as we sit here? So Dej is free. You know, he, he was... He well, he's, really, he's free, but he's not a free man. No, you mean Green, right? Uh, 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 I meant Grosley Green. I'm sorry. Grosley Green, his case right now. So his attorneys are appealing the decision. So right now he's a murderer and he has that conviction and he has to serve his time. But his attorneys have fought for, and I believe one right now, uh, a you know him to be out on house arrest until their appeal is you know finished. So like they're appealing the appellate court's ruling on the side of the state, and what they're asking for is en banc. Yep. So they want all that's the en banc means the whole panel. Eleven or like thirteen judges will hear the whole case and review it, and then issue whether the Brady violation occurred or not. And well, we know what the it seems like it uh, that, that's cut and dry issue to me. You would think, but the the like court ruled that even without that, that he would have been found guilty. Or, you know, and or, I'm gonna give somebody well, the, the in the girl said that's no, but crazy. here's Sorry. how it goes, Ben's in the law. You could a lawyer. Let me just give you how the law works. And I I did a case in an appeal in a case. We have the actual. Uh, uh, transcripts of a judge telling a ju- lawyer, you need sleep, get up, wake up. Nudging him, look, wake up. The lawyer fell asleep at the defense lawyer, fell asleep at the trial. They found that they still had enough and it wasn't enough to overturn the case because they would have still been convicted. Now, I don't know how that is. I mean, we, we had enough evidence in there, we thought, to get this thing in. We go, what the fuck do you got to do to change a mind sometimes. Apparently, Same if here. your lawyer sleeps on the job, that's not enough. <laughs> right. In Gary Bennett's case, right, um, who's one of the guys who's still in prison, you know, like 30 years ago. We're going to talk about yeah, that one after the, the, like, the You know, like the whole like John Preston. Dean Moxley was a prosecutor at the time. In his closing argument, he said that the John Preston dog evidence is the equivalent of a fingerprint on a murder weapon. Right? So if the jury hears that, right, okay, well, we, you know, like he's a prosecutor. We want to trust him. The dog stuff, it sounds like science to us. If he says it's like a fingerprint, then he must be guilty. Where's right? the defense? Well, yeah, he had horrible defense. But then, um, like Phil Archer, our current state attorney, won't look at the Gary Bennett case because he says to me that even without the dog handler stuff, he would have been found guilty. And I'm like, how could you possibly know that? How, how would you know that when the prosecutor is saying the dog evidence is like a fingerprint on a trigger of a gun? What is there other evidence in a Bennett case? But what, let's, let, let, me, let me close on the Green yeah, case. Yeah. Because the Green case, and there's another case too about the guy in the trailer, the Amber... Abramowski. Abramowski. Oh, what another case. I could come back once a week and we could you know, talk about uh, these well, cases. We're going to come back. I can tell that you both are familiar 
with it because he follows your work. Yeah. And obviously, you know what you're doing. Yeah. I, I yeah. mean, no, nobody that's listening to this is going to say, well, this guy doesn't know everything. You know everything. <laughs> I can tell. He's over here taking notes while reading his notes. <laughs> right. that, that's all I got to tell you. And yeah. I got no notes. Well, it doesn't. <laughs> well, hashtag never forget is Larry's hashtag. Yeah, that, that's uh, my, yeah. But uh, I'm th- I think we're changing it to sometimes forget. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> my, my point is, is I can tell that you guys uh, know a lot about the same stuff and you're jumping through cases. And for the audience, we'll come back and we'll, we'll, we'll yeah. kind of have a little bit of order in it. So you guys were going to summarize the, uh, the green case. Right, That's so green, what my producer yeah, does. Yeah. <laughs> hey, and I'm sorry, Ben. I'm just Benz. so like, you know, Benz. Benz. Yeah. Like ben, Mercedes Benz. Oh, gotcha. Benz. Yeah. But Benz. nothing to do with Mercedes. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> Is Benzie okay or no? Whatever you want, man. Okay. <laughs> I like Benzie. There you go. Yeah, you want to change it. Oh, he's going to get a lot of email on that. <laughs> <laughs> so um, Green is out right now on house arrest. He's loving life. He loves strawberry ice cream. He said the best memory that he's had was this last Christmas because he took almost all the money that he made at, at, at his job and he was able to buy Christmas gifts for all the, all the women in the family, all of his like sisters, nieces, cousins, and he's never been able to do that. And uh, it just, you know. I want to cry. Yeah. It sounds like I was crying when he fucking, told me. This is like, I'm not kidding you. Yeah. This is fucking hit me. I, uh, he, as he a had, man who was in prison he, for a long time yeah. and I was in for 12 years and uh, I know what I missed. I know the things with my children. Uh, my, my daughter was 15 months old when I went to prison. My son was seven. I was guilty though. Trust me, I was yeah. a bad guy. You didn't want to meet me back then. Uh, but people change. And to see what turns people on and makes them excited. Make, who we Garfield. Got? Oh, we got to stop. I know it's a tough time. Get in here, buddy. <laughs> Garfield. This is our mailman. You weren't kidding. Uh, 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 this is the real. This is John Torres uh, Garfield from the Florida Today. How you doing? Uh, from, uh, and, and, that, and that is, uh, it, we, we don't kid. This hey. is the real deal. <laughs> hey, brother. How are you? He comes. He'll get water. He drops my mail. He's, uh, I have a mail system here, too, because yeah. I sell books. And right. Oh, right. hell yeah. There we yeah. go. I've been waiting for that one. <laughs> oh, uh, oh, is it my corporate? Uh, Read your mail right now, Larry. <laughs> is it a check? Is it a big check? It's not uh, a check, but I it wish. is something important. <laughs> it's our cigar company stuff. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, we, we're doing a great great podcast here with john uh, it, uh, you hit me hard you really did with that and it, i don't get hit hard as much as i used yeah. to because of the memories that flood back to me with my children and and i'm so i guess i wish i could go up i will go talk to him and i would and that's somebody I will who take, did it i will take yeah and I, you were guilty right. i was guilty imagine right. all this time and you know for a fucking fact in your heart of hearts that you did nothing wrong Right. You just it, came out of prison after whatever fucking drug things that he did. So he even cleared his name for that. Came out. He served his time. Right. Came exactly. out 100% clean and then got thrown in. So if you're feeling the feelings that you're feeling right now and you were guilty. You know, I, I often said that, you know, when I was in prison, uh, you know, every, people who know my story, I was strapped down naked, beaten and tortured in oh. prison. You, you read the book. I we'll do something with yeah. the Florida today. Yeah. Man. But anyway. I was guilty, and I used to say to myself all the time, and I, I did a lot of a lot of law work for 10 years, and uh, I saw innocent men, and it used to rip me apart, or so egregious, egregious, uh, uh, convic- egregious. egregious convictions that you, you get so mad that, you, like you said, yeah. uh, come on, uh, wh- where do we live? Do we live in a really, truly right. justice system, or do we live in a fucking pick your own and fuck somebody system? Right. And it used to hurt me to think, how do people... I used to talk about uh, with uh, uh, William Dillon, Bill Dillon. 
I, I, I he's 27 years, raped in prison, and this guy is, you, you know, he's so well adjusted. He yeah. plays a, a guitar. Yeah. He's a, how he's not, I, I don't know how I, I, I couldn't be bitter. And I, I've tried not to be bitter. Well, you know, they all have that in common because Wilton Dedge, and with William Dillon, I think he found God. I dig so. In the prison. Wilton Dedge, um, you know, he's, you know, he came out and he's been traveling all over the country. I think he has his motorcycles in his camper. And that's Dedge? Dedge. Yeah, Dedge. No, but he's convicted. No, you green, said, green, green. Yeah. Oh, I, I, so, yeah. So, you know, like. That's what happens yeah. when you go between them, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wilton Dedge was the guy that was in there for rape. And he and, was and exonerated. Totally, totally exonerated. Totally got a million dollars. Yeah. And so he, I asked him one time, A, about being angry. And he said, if I was to hold on to the anger, I might as well just be back in prison. I, I, I talk about that on my show. I talk about, John, I, I never use the word hate. And the reason I, I don't use it is because hate hurts me. It keeps eating at me yep. inside. When you hate somebody or something, it eats at You're you. right, yeah. Get, you know, I was strapped down naked and beaten, and I was in the hole for 11 straight, three years in the hole in prison. And I was uh, beaten and taken out, they, what they call four-point Jew, and... and Guards were pissing on my face and, and spitting oh on God. me, and they would say, keep writing, Senators, Lord. Keep fucking, nobody listens to you. But I planned their murders for five years, and I mean that. Wow. I mean, that's how hate and, and the negativity I had in me. And it took many, many years, over five years, seven more than that, to say I would, you know, I got to get it out of me. I got to fucking, now I actually feel bad for them. Because they must live the worst fucking lives yes, in the world. Exactly. Their wives must beat the shit out yep. of them. That doesn't mean I like them. Doesn't mean I want to need. I mean, you know, I have nothing for them. But they must have such a fucked up life that they had to go abuse somebody who's in the worst part of his life. Right. So that's how I justify guilty or innocent. Who doesn't matter if they're guilty or innocent. This is a person in front yes, of you. This they're, is- they're serving time for, the, for whatever they did. The system had already put them there. You know, you're great because you listen so much. <laughs> it, I say that, you know, what I always say is, listen, prison is about getting away from your family, losing your freedom. It's not about getting another punishment from another organization, the BOP right, yeah. or a prison system or whatever it is. And we know that's the biggest broken system in the world. If you've been reading and Senate yeah. hearings with USP Atlanta, what's going on there? And I was there for years, so... Uh, you. I told you, my claim to fame, John, is I'm on the same page as Al Capone in, in Atlanta prison. Oh, with yeah. me, with Whitey Bulger, uh, Jimmy Burke from Goodfellas, oh, yeah. Ponzi. I'm on the same oh, page geez. as all those guys. Man, that's pretty good. No, actually a fan told me that. But uh, let's get back to, to, to Murder on, on the Space Ghost. We just went over the green case. Where is the green case? The, I want to I finalize the green case with sure. the audience and go to a couple, a couple others. Where is the green case? Right so there? he's out on house arrest, but he lost his appeal, and he's out on house arrest while his lawyers are appealing the latest ruling. So they want a hearing and bank to plead his case of actual innocence and the the, the like Brady violation and all that so that he can be cleared once more. Has that been granted? They don't have to do that. They don't have to do that. No, they haven't ruled on it yet. And wow. it's funny because they told me to expect a ruling within a few weeks. It's been like about four months now, yeah. and I keep checking in. They haven't heard anything. So the court system is very, very a, a few uh, dozen weeks. Oh, yeah, you know, a, you know, a day in the court system is like a month anywhere else. At is minimum. there a chance this could go, a green can go back? Yes, yes, that's yes. what's worrying me right now. And he, you know, he has no DRs on his on his record at all. Like he has no infractions. Well, the only that's that's yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, doesn't mean anything to me. But and was, it's weird. Actually, he was apparently a, a like mentor to the younger angry guys. Wow. In prison, 
the warden wrote a glowing letter and at his resentencing in like 2010, two actual officers from the prison came and spoke on his behalf. Wow. That like, I mean, this guy is just, uh, he's not a threat to society. He's not a violent, angry man at all. And, you know, he told me himself that he made a, a decision about three and a half years into his stint on like death row that he had to give up the anger. Wow. Otherwise I, 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 I would love, and you, if you could reach out to somebody. I will, yeah. Uh, I will take this show to his house. I have a big RV yep. that I could take up, and we set up a studio right on his property, and you and I will do go do that. With I'd Jason, love that. Okay? If, if they want, and they will yeah. get it out. Here, here's what we want to do. We don't want to, I don't want to, listen, I don't go after people. I don't yeah. do that. That's not how we work in this, in this show. But we want to highlight it, and we want to let everybody, like you're doing. Yeah. What you're doing with the Florida Today and, and your Murder on the Space Coast podcast is highlighting what's going on. And we need to do that. If we don't do that, we're going to be in a, in a bad way. Now, I, wow, this thing moves. You know, this podcast, is, yeah, yeah. it flies by, doesn't it? It does. You get the mailman popping in. Of course it flies <laughs> by. But no, uh, so what I'd like to know is, in that case, please do that for us. I'd I like will, yeah. we'll, we'll keep our audience. I just did a case. I just did a video two days ago on a warden, a head of food service, the head of safety, the chaplain, and a tech guy all were uh, the chaplain was just sentenced to seven years for raping women in FCI Dublin. I saw California. that on your YouTube channel. I saw oh, yeah. that I uh, saw on my that. YouTube, and it's I just disgusting. It, it, and the warden. I mean, you're talking about the warden is now, and he had what they call a superseding indictment, which means is you get indicted and then you fuck up more, or, or they find more shit, and they what they call a superseding indictment. So the warden just got a superseding indictment last Wednesday for more cases of the warden. Raping these girls. Good Lord. I mean, this is the fucking system we're working right. in once they're there. Right. So to even, I want to, again, that law firm, I, I'll shout them out all day long who are, are trying to help yep. this young man get Corwell out. Corwell and Mooring, yep, from yes. Washington. Yep. We're going to put them, uh, or call, talk, please. I'd love to talk yeah. to one of the lawyers or whatever. And, and, you know, I have, like, somebody else that would be perfect on your show. I don't know if, you, if you've ever spoken to Nino Lyons at all. No. Uh, Nino Lyons, oh, my gosh. If you Google him... And he's one that I almost like forgot about, but he was in this whole mix, except his was like a like federal case. This guy was um, a Rockledge, you know, basketball legend, all American. Went to UF on a like full scholarship, hurt his knee, so he came back at Florida Tech. Is in the Hall of Fame at Florida Tech. Led them to a national championship for like D two, Hall of Fame, you know, all American basketball player. Mentor ran church camps for kids. Opened up a clothing store in Coco, a nightclub in Coco. His wife was the principal of Endeavor Elementary School. This was around the time when the Coco cops were doing stop and, and frisks on black guys in Coco. So he would videotape them when it was happening. And the like city of Coco had to pay out a settlement. And I guess that must have been what rankled people the wrong way because suddenly the FBI raids this guy's house they don't find anything. They raid his businesses. They don't find anything. There's no wiretaps. What did There's they, what, no, raiding it for what? Um, drug, okay. you know, uh, and money laundering. Okay. You know, both things, you know, like a big conspiracy case. He goes to, you know, he's like arrested. They have nothing. Nothing. They ended up, you know, like just parading 26 convicted felons in a row to say that we bought drugs from Nino Lyons. What right? year was this? Uh... 
geez, I want to say it's the the very early eighties, but oh, way back. Don't so it's me. still it's still back uh, it's, then. Uh, no, you know what? It, it might had be the nineties. Because yeah, the it was stop the and frisk was in the nineties. I'm sorry. Yeah, that was like the nineties. And, and again, I apologize to your. That was to the nineties in New York. You're right. I don't right. know. And then might so have been later. I think yeah, it was nineties here because when I came down here in like 2001, he was just getting out of prison after three years. So he. He won his case. Uh, well, he he was found guilty, about to be sentenced. He was facing life in prison, right? And um, it turns out that all 26 guys were coached on what to say. Many of them were in prison during the times that they said they were buying drugs from them. So the case is bullshit, right? Again, where's the lawyers? District, um, um, you know, like uh, our like federal court judge, Gregory Presnell, I think was the guy, actually issued a directed verdict proclamation of actual innocence and he got you know like freed after, after the jury yes it's well, very it was, rare after sentencing because after, it, it was very rare it, it was all brought to light that like you know right. the only evidence was were these were these felons and they were you know, and a federal judge can do that obviously yeah. and so uh yeah but his he has a great story and he's a you know a like well-spoken guy he's a real leader in like the Coco Rockledge area. Yeah. That'd be a great case. Great guy. Absolutely. Great guy. Absolutely. Yeah, if you hook us up, it'd be great. Now, let's get back to, okay, so the Greens, we're waiting just to find out. We're waiting, yep. How is he? I mean, it's got to fucking eat I, I at know. him. I'd be thinking about leaving. I, I'm just saying, know. you know, I, I mean, at what point do you say, this is so unfair. An innocent man doesn't think like a criminal, Larry. He's not thinking about leaving. No, you're, you're probably you know, right. absolutely right. He, you know, he, uh, he. And he's I'm not as in. I never was innocent. Right, he's accepted whatever's going to happen. And <sighs> him and his lawyer, they love to quote this um, in a saying. It's been attributed to Abraham Lincoln and Martin Luther King, but I think somebody else actually said it. The uh, arc of justice is long. No, sorry, the arc. Oh shucks, I just had it. But it bends toward justice. The like the arc of life is long, but it bends toward justice. So eventually. He'll be cleared is what he thinks. And the truth always comes out. Yeah. You know, you know, I, and, and I believe that but to a degree, of yeah, course. Yeah, people die but, in prison all the time. And, they, and you know, we know of people who are yes. actually right. uh, innocent who are executed. That's why another reason right. I don't believe in the death penalty. And that's why I'm not a Kamala Harris fan, to be honest. What she did to the people in California yep. right. who were actually innocent and they were on. Don't get, get me, me started. On, don't get me on that. So, and uh, I don't like that about it. I really don't. Right. Well, we'll get, so I feel for him, and if I could ever, and if you could ask them, I'd love to go up there and, and talk to him and give him support in some yeah. way I can. I mean, I just don't like what happens in our own systems. Now, before, we're going to one more case I want to talk to you yeah. about, and that's a case, and it happened about a trail. It's a trailer park. It's a guy named Abramowski. Um, Abramowski. Ab, Ab, he's, I'm, I'm so bad. Everybody <laughs> knows I suck with names anyway. Jeff Abramowski. I know yeah. John Torres. <laughs> right. I mean, it's fucking easy. <laughs> Larry Lawton. You know, I know uh, Jason. And Benzie. 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 Oh, I, got, Benzie. I like that. I, like I, I that. do. Uh, so give us the background right. Give the audience the background okay. right here. And this is the case here. Yeah. Jeff Abramowski was a stay-at-home dad raising two beautiful kids. His daughter, Jamie, she's my hygienist. She's awesome. She's amazing. An a, a amazing girl, you know, mother, wife. Um, and um, so he was a, like, a, like, a stay-at-home dad. He's driving them to school one morning uh, right here on the corner of, like, Babcock and Palm Bay. And he gets, Around you know, the corner. Yeah. I, I told you it's right here. That's why I know. He gets T-boned, right? 
he goes to the hospital, you know, ribs are broken, all types of crap, right? And he's and he's and he is like put on opioids. You know, he gets addicted, I yeah. do know that. He becomes an addict. He he loses his wife, he loses his family. Him he's and like, hundreds of thousands of other yes, people. Oh, yes. yeah, yeah. And season six of my podcast is all about opioids and that's which isn't out out yet, but we will talk about that in a second if we can. But we he, will. Uh, he um so he ends up hanging around with this guy, Courtney Crandall, out there right near the old Florida Today building on US-1 uh, in Palm Shores at some, like, trailer park. Right, right, right near Vieira, Vieira. Yeah, and this Courtney Crandall apparently is not a very nice guy. People hate him. He's like a junk man, sort of. He sells things, antiques, but he sells opioids. What he does is he takes these addicts and he goes, you know, like doctor shopping. So they get all these, like, prescriptions. He pays for all the, all the, all the visits, all the crap, and he gets half the pills or more. And then he sells them, right? So... Meanwhile, this guy is dating this woman from Alabama and her slutty sister, right? You know, just weird. And her adult son, Bruce, is living with them. Bruce and the old man hate each other. And they actually got into a, like, fist fight, a, a, a like, physical altercation. Um, okay, the week before he dies. They say that uh, Jeff went to his house and beat him to death with a hammer and left him there because he was angry at him for, you know, like ditching him on the road one day. He was driving him around and supposedly he said, get out of the car and he just left him. Jeff's not like that. Like Jeff's the kind of guy that he will forget something in five minutes. Like he's not one to hold a grudge. Anyway. But they did find him in Alabama with the two girls. No, 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 no. That Jeff was found here, and he, uh, wh- whoever killed the old man left a few hundred bucks in his pocket and about 90 um, pills. Pills. Yeah, that's not going to happen if he's an addict. If Abramowski did it, there's no way he's leaving that stuff, right? He's, the, he's, not taking, that, he's taking those pills. That's a fact, right? Yeah. So that night, before the old man is found dead, his you know girlfriend, her, her sister, and their adult son are driving up to Alabama. Okay, that's who. I remember somebody was stopped in Alabama. And, and they they're were... found in Alabama at these, you know, rinky-dink hotels, and they're hitting every meth clinic on the way for their methadone because they're all junkies. They're all junkies. Their stories are so inconceivable, and all three of them, like we have, we have, we have like the tapes, none of them have the same story as to what time they left, why they left, where they were going. Nobody says the same thing. Bruce has a like a like a like black eye or something from you know and he claims it was from the fight last week with with you know like like the old man. It sounded like the two cops, which was Gary Harrell and um, either Alex Herrera or I can't think of the. They interviewed him, and you're like thinking, okay, what department? Sheriff's office. But how does the sheriff's department handle a case? Where would it, where, this happened in a trailer home, if I remember correctly. Yeah, in Palm Shores. Palm Shores is Palm, county. Oh, okay, county, that's yeah. why. Okay, I, 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 I forgot. So they go up, and all, all three people, when they're interviewed, they say, uh, they have these really heavy Alabama accents, really heavy, hard to understand, but they basically say, and they mispronounce his name, all three of them, you should take a look at uh, uh, Aborowski or something like that. This guy, aborowski has been hanging around, and... All three of them say it. So like, like, it just sounds so set up and so phony. You know, uh, it's not me. You know, we're just, we fled in the, in the middle of the night, but it wasn't us. You know, my black eye is nothing. They also had a chain 
that from the old man, from the I old remember man that. that his daughter bought him, and she said that he would never, ever, ever give that to anybody. Didn't they want that chain back? They kept yes. saying something about that yes. chain. And so they have it now. And like they said, he just gave it to us. And the daughter called, you know, that's bullshit. That's bullshit. Anyway, Jeff has alibis, right? He's was out, you know, like this, that he had, um, a, uh, a very small bit of like, you know, contact sort of DNA. I'm trying to remember was, um, was found on, on the old man, right? Uh, you know, under his nail, under his nail that can't exclude Jeff. It's not a, a like perfect match and it's not blood. It's just DNA. So in other words, you've been handling this lighter, right? Your DNA is on that. If I touch this lighter and I scratch it a, a little bit, I could have some of your DNA under my nails. Okay. It's, you know, like touch DNA or like contact DNA. I spoke to a DNA expert for the like podcast who explained that she did this test where she had like somebody come to use her like keyboard on her desk and like so like and and then her DNA got like transferred to like something of that woman's that she never touched you know and so it's look it, it, it's not conclusive right and it's just a minuscule amount that's the only thing so they're saying that Jeff went there on Saturday morning and killed this guy but people have come forward even before the trial to say no, we saw the old man Saturday night. We even saw him on Sunday, I think, and this and that. So he couldn't have been dead, right? So the the lay our lay medical examiner at the time, uh, who I have his name here somewhere, he said, and I mean, I have never heard anything like this. He's asked, "What was the time of death? What can you estimate?" He goes, "You can't do that." What do you mean? I've seen every TV show. You can estimate no, 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 I mean, time of death. I've seen it in court. I've seen it in yeah. records they do. It. Yeah. Um, he said, well, from the last time somebody saw him alive to when we showed up this morning and he's dead. That's the, the, any That's time, the time frame. So a week. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like it was a like long weekend. And what that did was basically sealed Jeff's fate because like the cops were saying it happened Saturday morning. Well, Jeff had an alibi for Saturday morning. And, and not only Saturday morning, leave six other fucking days, and right. he couldn't have been killed because some storm Sunday, right? And so, um, anyway, again, it would be funny if it wasn't so tragic. Jeff, uh, the first trial ends in a lay mistrial. Okay, mm-hmm. the wife of the attorney that was handling his case, he was a public defender. The wife of his um, was a private attorney, is a private attorney. And she was having mental problems. She um, is bipolar, I believe. And she's on medicine. Well, she wasn't on her meds. And when she doesn't, when she's not on her meds, she thinks that she can handle anything. So she went to the jail and convinced Abramowski to hire her pro bono because she wanted the case because she felt he was innocent. She had never done a murder trial. Right, I, I Had only that. done one other felony trial had no DNA experience. experience or even what to do. And so she went in there and it was, it was bad. It was, where is he now? He is in Port St. Lucie in prison, uh, Indian River County. Uh, this is, you know what? Uh, in August, well, we're in September now. Holy crap. It's been 20 years. So he's been 20 years in prison. And is, is, is there an innocent project helping his case now? Is any, anybody doing his case? Um, a local attorney, I understand, is working on his case. You know and him? some we'll private do, investigators. We'll yeah, I, I like do know him. Um, and you want to shout him out? Or? It's, you know, like Kevin McCann. 
Kevin McCann is yep. the attorney now who's right. handling the he's, case he's for appeal. It, right. I hope he has federal experience. Did they go through the state system in appeals? Because you have to go through a state system before you can get to the federal system. Yeah, here's the thing with this case. It's like everything that could go wrong. It's almost like Jeff belongs in prison because it's like the fates just deemed it. Um, so they, you know, Jamie and her family don't have a lot of money, you know. So they like scraped up 10 grand and they hired Paul Bross. Do, I know who Paul Bross is. And, uh, you know, like Paul Bross has been like, you know, he's was in trouble with drugs and like disbarred. He was uh, just disbarred. Yeah, the appeal process, um, you know, went nowhere because he didn't file stuff on time, supposedly. And so they were, you know, yeah, you know there's where shit you out get, of luck. And that's when you get, and you get to the state. Now, I think it's a 3150 and the state is an ineffective assistance accounts on the state. Uh, then after the state, you have to file all the way through the Supreme Court and the state to get to the feds. And then once you get to the feds, then they then it's a different right. animal. You can do certain things. It, 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 are we? Is there a way to follow this case? Uh, well, it's on my podcast. It's you know um, season four of the podcast. How, uh, how many seasons you're in, John? Uh, we've had, we have like five in the bank, and one is about to come out. Well, you know, like season six, it's called Monster on the Beach. And how many record episodes per time? season? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, we record them and we edit them because I don't like when I'm I'm like um um yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, you know, so well, we, we'll do that yeah, for yeah, you. Yeah. We'll do that for you. Now you see, we just we just play this. Yeah. this is not. I like this format. Yeah, people yeah. don't understand. This is up. In an hour, yeah, this will be this will be up yeah. as soon as you'll be on all over the place right. in an hour or two, right after this. It takes us, you know, weeks. Like you know, once everything's recorded, and stuff. how many how many episodes a, a year do you do? Uh, well, episode, um, a season. It it like really depends on the story. Like Crosley Green was so in depth that I think we did like thirteen episodes on him, on him, on his case. It's the, I mean, it's so in depth. We go into every little detail of the case. And how long are your podcasts? There, we try to, we, the, the average drive in Brevard County is like 25 minutes. So we try to keep them around 25 minutes long. I want them sitting in their driveway listening to you. <laughs> yeah, I know. Me That's too. what I like when they tell us, oh, Larry, we were watching your show. We listened to, we could, we were in the driveway. I love that you thought about, the average drive length in <laughs> yeah, exactly. around here. I mean, that's, that's... We don't. Right, that's dedication. We go until Larry says, yeah. fuck it. And, you know... <laughs> yes, yes, that's true. And, you know, Benzi, what, what I love, like what Larry was saying before about you can change his mind, we never go into these, um, you know, seasons knowing how we feel about the case. Like with, like, Gary Bennett, he was kind of a shady guy. He was in trouble a lot. You know, minor crap, you know, he's... You know, I interviewed him in prison. He's like rough around the edges. You know, obviously he's been in there for like you know, like over thirty years. But um, we went back and forth every day. I, I think he's guilty. I think he's innocent. But the case is worth looking at. And then after everything was said and done, we totally believe that he's innocent. I like and, that. That yeah. makes the podcast more interesting. Well, you yeah. know, uh, you know. Again, I told you I've been following him, I, not only in the papers. I listened to shows. I was going to go to one of his shows, uh, the one in in when you did in, it, in, in like Cocoa Beach, yeah, yeah. Cocoa Beach. And I'm so busy, obviously, yeah. and we travel, and that's why we do this the way we do. We do tape occasionally. Even that tape ones, we call them tape to live, meaning there's never there's editing, no editing on right. these. Right. Obviously, the TV one, you know, the one on YouTube, you'll yeah. see it where it's not, you know, because the screens will be different yeah. and stuff like that. But that's it. We don't edit any of the comments. We don't edit any of the, the content. Right. It is what it is, the real deal. Right. And you see it on the big sign. That's a nice yeah. sign, huh? That sign is awesome. That, that, <laughs> I love that, my fucking sign. I'm, yeah. I'm going to pose it in front of that later. Oh, no, we're going to take a picture. We have yeah, to take okay. some pictures sure, for sure. our podcast. Uh, you know, season one of the podcast, because it was a really, like, really, you know, like learning curve. My editor, Mara, who's awesome and is a like big supporter, you know, Mara Bellaby, 
she wanted me to recap the case every episode. So people were like, it's too repetitive. Because well, you I, know, people will tell I you what they the like. first 10 minutes, you know, recapping everything well, that you've heard. Well, the nice so, thing about a podcast, if you need to recap. Just go yeah, back and listen. Yeah, exactly. well, and what I tell people, too, like our, our podcast, like, we, again, you can listen to them, you can do them. And, and we we listen to our audiences, but but we have our own. The reason we came with the real deal is because we believe people want to be in on a conversation like we were sitting in this room. You could have brought somebody here. I, right. I didn't tell you. that Anybody could come, uh, sit in the couch, and listen. Matter of fact, we're going to do that with fans. Yeah, they want oh, to come, cool. and yeah. they're going to come. We're doing a cruise, you heard earlier, yeah. with the fans. So we're going to, you know, we, we don't, we, listen, come on in here, and if it's interesting, and Ben's uh, runs the boards and produces. So if there's something that we need said here, Hey, what do you, you know, I mean, right. they're people. So it's like you're in a conversation. We're having a conversation, uh, John. You know that. Well, and you may have a first here. I got to pee really bad. Can I just run to the bathroom? You sure can. Get up right there. <laughs> Jason, will, Jason will help you. Thanks. And Sorry. I'll talk to, no, yeah. this is the real, I love this. This real makes deal, it baby. even better. That's great. I mean, it, I'm going to talk to Ben's about, is that amazing? I love this. I love a, a person that's so edu- uh, uh, prepared educated about their topic like i am with he my- knows the cases up and down and all around but i mean this is what he does right you want to if you're going to do anything might as well do it right. you know I, I i talk about that a lot with cigars you know we got the cigar launch and everything coming up and and i wanted another shout out you know we are sponsored by oliva cigars oh hell yeah i just had one and, and I, I did too and uh, we are sponsored by oliva and to let everybody know if you're listening to this today next friday today is friday what is today second yeah, September 2nd. Yep. Next Friday, which is the 9th, we are going to have the CEO of American Operations for Oliva on our show. And we're going to be talking cigars. We're going to be talking stuff. Benji, I know you're loving that. I can't wait. And so just stay tuned. That's going to be a great show. And he's one of our sponsors. And he's a great guy. And we're going to be talking to him about cigars and Nicaragua and, and different stuff. And you're going to really be in on that one. I know that. I mean, I enjoy it, you know, sure. and, and the cigars. And, uh, but... To have guests that are this uh, ed- educated on their topic is always fun. It what really we do, is. and we're just talking about uh, he's back. John's back, and again, this is the real deal, and we like that. It, it is nothing wrong with that. We believe in that. Uh, if that makes it turn it, yeah, yep. there you go. We believe in that, John, uh, and the reason we believe in it is because. When you start totally, people think, oh, you cut out this though. Did he really say this? Did people on us go, no, fucking you guys are great. It, we, it is, we did our 100th episode. Wow. And we got fucking so fucked up in here. We had a party. <laughs> that was a fun episode. We had guests in here. And, oh, wow. and we had friends in here. And we're popping champagne. And, and this place was a party. Oh, Larry awesome. got hit. Larry got hit in the face with confetti. That's all over it, isn't it? But, uh, so it, it, you know, the whole thing was a lot of fun. And, and we, you know, what we always talk about is the people we work with. You said you get along. We really like, I like the people I'm around. Yeah. And I, you know, at this point in my life, I'm 60 years old. I'm not going to fucking, you know, be things and things you don't like to do anymore. So, right. and we have a big cigar launch coming so we're busy, and we're going to talk to Florida today. We're going to have fun with them, you know. I yeah, mean, no, without I, they didn't even know we had this. I mean, you know, people come in here. We had. I was you know, stunned when I saw this like studio. This is really cool. Thank you very much. Yeah, you know, we fun. had Randy Lanier. Did you see that episode? No, we, I didn't. Randy Lanier is is a Netflix series. He's on Netflix in season, in season. Uh, uh, I think it was season two. It episode no two. episode two. There's only one season. Yeah, of episode. That show. It's called Bad Sports on Netflix. And it's called The Need for Weed. In the 80s, he was one of the biggest pot dealers in the United States. You know where his first two loads of pot came in? 
Where? Melbourne Beach. Oh, jeez. 15,000 pounds and 18,000 pounds. He did 27. Wow. He had a life sentence. He got out. Caught the DEA stealing money, and they ended up, they were suing him and all that. He ended up got a time served to get out at 27 years. I, I knew the same. Him and I really clicked because we were in the same prisons yeah. and stuff like that, and we knew the same people and stuff. But Randy came on. He came down from South Florida. He came on up, and his case is amazing because he ended up having his last load of marijuana was 165,000 pounds, 82 tons Holy crap. of marijuana coming into the United States. And he did. He funded his. He was. He became a rookie of the year in the Indy 500. I mean, yeah, he became a famous indie driver. Jesus, and he, he funded it all with marijuana. Well, yeah, it was a great, it was a great show. We were here for two hours. You it was pretty hammered yeah, too. Yeah, there was a lot going on. Yeah, <laughs> we got, and you know, like I said, you could drink here, you can right, do things sure, here, sure. and it's not. That, listen, we're not drug addicts. We like to smoke. We're all medical sure, marijuana yeah. guys, and we're all you know, we'll have a drink or two, and we like we do that because this is a conversation having it, and you're going to be welcomed on our show. Anytime you well, want. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. And, and I, because I, I think you're interesting. Is there anything you want to talk about? But we did a little bit of the cases. You know, like right. I, I really wanted to open people's eyes to the cases right. uh, of your podcast, Murder on the Space Coast. Check it out, please. You will be, you get sucked into these episodes and you could find them on on uh, John's podcast called the Murder on the Space Coast. He is the host. Do you have a, other, anybody else with you? Nope, it's just me. Wow, you just do me, it all. Yeah. Isn't yep. that great? I love well, that. Well, I'm sorry. I have Rob Landers edits them for me. So he puts them all together. Sure. We choose music together. I give him the scripts and I, you know, I give him all the sound clips because, you know, like what it is is I'll interview a ton of people or I will get old police interviews and we'll like, you know, like break up the clips so we could tell the story. Uh, question, question for your show, because uh, have you had any of the... The people, the prosecutors on, have you asked them to come on? Have you did anything of that nature? Oh, the prosecutors won't talk to me, but we've had audio from court hearings and things like that of them. Well, so we what about them the talk. cops? Would the two cops on the on the green case, have uh, they, they oh, already yes. stated oh, yeah. that they were, they believe that he was innocent? I, I, yes, I had, you know, Clark and Rixie on, on the podcast and that they both, you know, spoke to me about it and they both, you know, agree that he's innocent and they actually show up at all the appeals. For him. Good for them. Yeah. See, now that's good cops. Yeah. You know, cops to me are, are supposed to be that way. You know, they're supposed to look for the right. You know, I'm, right. I, I, call me a, 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 a traditionalist. I believe, listen, I come from New York City, the Bronx and Brooklyn. I'm the Bronx too, yeah. Yeah, you know, I believe, I went to Lehman High School. I went to Cardinal Spellman. Oh, my God. So. He, 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 nice shit. I went to the fucking <laughs> zoo. He goes to Cardinal Spellman. My, my old partner, not my old man who started my YouTube with me, Peter, my manager, went to Cardinal Spellman. He ended up going to Baruch College. Is there College. anybody in Florida that didn't come from New York? No. No. Okay, even Central Florida or Philly. <laughs> Where I'm, you're from. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm from Philly, but uh, I feel like everybody we talk to here in Florida is from Yeah, it, it is true. But, you know, any, any, anything you'd like to say here for the, for the uh, podcast or your podcast or anything you want to promote? Yeah, well, I just want to add one thing real fast. You know, in the, like, Jeff Aber, Abramowski case, and I'm sorry that I had, I had forgotten about this, but... Jeff, um, the body Courtney Crandall is found clutching a handful of hair. The body he supposedly killed. Right. The, the guy who's dead is clutching hair that belongs to um, his girlfriend or her son. It's like that DNA. Not his. Right. And the son's blood is in the sink trap of the old man's private bathroom. Not Jeff's. It was and how does prosecutors Foley. explain that? I mean, it had to, to because explain. the attorneys were not prepared and not good, and 
you know, you know, I got a question. Sure. We said that if it was a junkie that had killed him, it definitely would have taken the pills out of his pocket. I agree with that. I mean, yeah. that's facts. But weren't they junkies as well? They were, but I think it was um, not a planned thing. You know, like I like I think it was an argument, a fight or something, and the old man went down, and they realized, oh shit, he's he's dead. We got to get out of here. That's gotcha. what I think ha- happened. Gotcha. Yeah, so I they mean, scrammed real quick. Yeah. And he's not. I mean, again, he's got an attorney. You said, but uh, you know, as a man who's in prison, and when when these things happen, what one thing I've learned in prison was patience. Because, I mean, I used to do appeals from the hole. I sued the prisons. I did so many things. And you have to wait, and it's 30 days out, and you're writing in handwriting in at that point. I don't know, today I think they even have stuff in the law libraries. But we had, I mean, we had to do things, and you learn patience. So I'm sure he's got, that guy Jeff has some patience. But at what point do you say, fuck it? You know, I mean, when do you give up? I I mean, I don't think he ever will. uh, But unfortunately, the... The two women in the case are dead. One was a suicide. One was a. Oh, car they're accident. dead now. They're dead. And Bruce Foley, the son, apparently he's had a stroke or something. He's up in Alabama somewhere. He's he's, he's not doing up. well. Yeah. yeah, he's messed up. And um, but I've had family members of those people call me and tell me horror stories of how bad they were. The three of them were just bad, bad, bad people. I mean, just uh, yeah, I, you know, I, 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 I really it, it's hard for me to ever take something like that and then pe- tra- pass it right. to another because people can have a bad time here, have a bad thing with their wife. They're yeah. always yelling at their neighbor. They say he's an asshole, asshole. It doesn't mean he killed the guy next door. Right. That's true. So I always yeah. try not to like right. surmise something else. Yeah. That's just me. Right. And I think people should always be cautious of that. Besides that, though, obviously, I'm an evidence guy. I yeah. mean, DNA. See, I'm even a big proponent of DNA should be done a lot quicker. I mean, when you have an, it takes nothing to do DNA. I mean, obviously, you've got to go to a lab. It's got to be, you know, uh, uh, logged in and has to a uh, chain. In today's of, world, it's it called should a, be immediate. Yeah, but it's called the chain of custody, and you have to do yeah, certain things sure. with evidence. And I agree with all of that. Uh, but it should not be taking years to do that and, and to exonerate people. It shouldn't take years. And what this DNA expert told me, and it was an interesting point, she said that prosecutors are using it now to their advantage just by saying, you know, DNA. It could be touch DNA. You know, blood DNA and semen DNA are what we need to be looking at in, you sure. know, like in crimes. Well, that's that's hard yeah. DNA. It's, you can't, right, it's right. like millions and millions to one that it is the one. You she know? says a like jury hears DNA and it's it's over. It's, you know, okay, they don't he's specif- guilty. You they don't I mean? specify the type of DNA. Well, though? you know, like they do. But if you've ever sat through one of these trials, I mean, it's. It's hard following the science, you know, sometimes. So it's up to the attorney, whether it's the prosecutor or the other, to spell it out what type of DNA that is and how that differs from other types of DNA. Yes. Well, again, you know, most of these cases, you're going to find a common denominator, the lawyering, the original lawyer. Right, right, right. It's a common denominator. And, you know, and again, that's a part of my issue with our system. I believe, see, what happens in courts is the prosecutors have all the money in the world. A public defender who's doing somebody does not right. they have a budget. They can't get the expert they need. They do certain things or they don't know. They don't have the experience. I've always believed that if you're, if you're, if you're facing that kind of a crime in this country, pushed by our state, our government, our people, the people, they should have as much money as it takes that the prosecutor has to, to put on that defense. That's, that's uh, I believe, if they did that, I think you'd have a more fairer system. Sure. Because uh, then you, one, would get 
better attorneys to actually take some of these I cases. I agree. Because they have what they call appointed attorneys. Not only do they have public defenders, they have appointed, there's a court-appointed attorney. And they don't get, and they're getting shitty money per hour. You know that. They're not getting what a real, you know, a, a Jerry Chargell or somebody like yeah, that. Their caseload. You know, uh, their caseload. Yeah, exactly. Well, again, and even a private attorney who's, they're, they're appointed. They're private attorneys. Right. They still have to feed their families. They do this and stuff. We were so good in the Fed system, us guys, because all we did was one fucking case for fucking a year. I mean, right. 20 hours a day, 15 hours a day. You know what I mean? That's right, what we right. did. We didn't have families to go home, though. We didn't do certain things. So that, that's a, a pull system in me. With that case, anything else you want well, to say? Just, you know, yeah, please. With the lawyering. And if I'm talking too much and we have to No, end it, you no, can, no, 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 no. Wait, wait. Listen, this is our thing. The, the other thing that they I got a cigar, we're good. In all these cases was the dog handler, right? Crappy evidence, but they also had, you know, conflict attorneys. What they would do in, in like, you know, in the cases of like Dej, you know, Dylan, Ramos, you know, Gary Bennett, they got somebody from the jail to act as a snitch. They made sure that the person from the jail was represented by the public defender's office. So now you have a conflict of interest. So the judges back then used to be able to assign, or the prosecutor's office—I don't know who it was—but no, was the judge, yeah. And so they had a um, a like stable of guys who couldn't make it on their own. Basically, Lawrence Letus for Gary Bennett, um, he lived above the wet spot. Bar. Oh my God! Right here, you know, US one. He was apparently a drunk, and he was good for like you know, like little bar fight, you know, cases things like, but not a like capital murder case. Um, in William Dillon's case, his attorney, I think his name was. Clark, uh, um, his son called me years later and said, my dad should never have been on that case. He was a hopeless alcoholic. He couldn't handle anything. He was out of his mind. Oh, that was the son of the attorney? Yeah. Yeah, wow. called me. So, they'll, you know, so it was this one-two punch of, you know, uh, a, a like jailhouse snitch, the dog handler, and a crappy attorney. And, you know, the jailhouse informants are so funny to me because that's what we do, right? If you're innocent... Or even if you're guilty, you go into the jail and you spill your guts to a total stranger while you're awaiting trial to prove how innocent you are. You know what I mean? Well, well obviously it doesn't make sense, and we know that. But what what has happened is that is it's kind of like you're getting double end, double barreled. Yeah, you got the prosecutors not playing fair, withholding evidence, Brady violations, and then you have an attorney who's either incompetent. Now I'm not going to just or outright don't give a fuck or want to make right. favor with the state so they don't want to yep. to get the next case or something because what he's saying is uh, attorneys go into a pool what happens an attorney who's it's, it's changed now and it's a better a, a like better system now but it used to be basically just like you know right a it's, handful of guys that they would pick from and and they what they would do is they would take that guy and again they're giving him 50 dollars an hour i think it was back then even and where, where an attorney at that time was getting 200 an hour 250 an hour now they're getting 400 for whatever but it's not just the money. If you could charge that money, you're good. You got a lot of people off. You understand the law. You understand DNA. You understand uh, innocence. That's why the big firms that have, have the backing and the money are helping, obviously, with the Green case. That's the reason he's back. Yep. Obviously, and you know that. And I wish we can get more lawyers who, uh, and, and I understand it. I really do how much time it takes reading these things. I've read briefs. I've read more motions I can shake a stick at. So I, I just, it's a tough system, but we have to keep, he has to do what he keeps doing. I have to keep doing it. You have to, we have to keep opening people's eyes to the system because it could be you. Anybody out there listening, it could be you. Yeah. Don't think it can't. I mean, I was in the system. I've seen the system. It could be me. And I'm cautious about a lot of things. You know that. Uh, and, and I believe because 
don't, people don't play fair, you know? And it's sad when the people we pay, because taxpayers are paying these people, we pay them, and then they're still not playing fair. So not only that we pay them, our lives are in their hands. Yes. yes. And, you know, you know and it's a shame a you have to, like, uh, you know, you have to be nice to people, do certain things. Shouldn't have to. I'm nice to everybody. It's not like I'm not nice. But my point is it shouldn't matter if a guy was an asshole or not. A prosecutor's job should be to seek the truth, period. End of story. If it exonerates the guy, exonerate him. If it convicts him, convicts him. And they should have, they, you shouldn't be thrown with five fucking things into your face and you, and you, you, can't, ref, you can't refute them and then still not change yep, your right. mind. Yeah. It, it blows me away. It does. But we are, we are going to, anything else you want to pop uh, in? Well, Keep, if you want to get my book, it's called Paradise Rolling. It's uh, a crime fiction book. It's based on uh, an, a like, reporter in his 50s who's hooked on Oxycontins. And he's trying to clear. You sell me some. <laughs> yeah. I'm only kidding. I, <laughs> and uh, it's it's actually based on some of these cases, but it's fictionalized. And it's based. If you like Murder on the Space Coast, you know, grab my book on Amazon. It's called Paradise Rolling. John and we'll put it. Is there a link in there? Do you have a, a yeah, website too? Uh, do you have no, a, I don't. But I will send you something. Yeah. Yeah. Send us a well. Send it. And I'll you got to send too. it now. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's going we'll up right now. After the show. Right after the show, yeah, we'll get we'll it for you. It. And we'll put all John's information and stuff his Murder in Space Coast. All the stuff in the descriptions below. Everybody. Uh, anything else before I? I guess that's it. Just um, you know, um, we're gonna have you back. Season Guaranteed. six is coming up. Yeah, because we got to talk about. Season three of the podcast was Brandy Hall. That's the we're firefighter gonna, who we, we're missing. Yeah, oh, yes, over here in Palm, yes, Bay. in Palm Bay. We will do that one. You got to do that one. Ben, do you have anything? If you're not on Instagram, that at that Ben's, at Real Larry Lawton. Uh, don't forget to get a giveaway, thatbens.com slash giveaway. Easy as subscribing to two YouTube channels, our YouTube channels, and uh, joining our mailing list. That's about it. That's all you got to do. And we have the cigar launch. That website October. Is- Three. It's crookeddiamondcigar.com. Yep. Crookeddiamondcigar.com. And you're going to see stuff on it that we, we're giving a free t shirts away with, with orders as well. With the pre orders. And they're, and they're a cigar club. I mean, that is just, they're a limited That's edition it. 500 shirts that are our cigar club. And we, we're launching this thing all over the world. So it's going to be an exciting month for us. But, you know, we're going to keep the podcast. John, you will be back. Please. Thanks. Thank you. This uh, was awesome. Th- thank and you thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Yeah. You're really sure. a great guest. And, and very educated, and we love it because one, we believe in innocent people. Again, we believe in stories, and we believe that you're doing the right thing. And and never stop, please, buddy. Thanks, pal. Everybody else out there, please follow us on all our, our stuff. YouTube, you know where to go. Don't forget our merch. Please make good choices because we don't want to see you in 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 a bad place. Have a great day, everybody. We will see you Monday. Have a uh Tuesday. It's Tuesday because Monday's a holiday. We will see you Tuesday. Have a great day, everybody. Stay safe.